The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a Breath of Fresh Air. Well, another day out here in the fields. Nothing too peculiar. Look at these sheep. Are my eyes playing tricks on me? What's going on over there? Where does fire even come from? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This bush on fire, but it ain't burning up. I gotta take a closer look at this one. Moses, Moses. Here I am. Do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Moses, a Hebrew baby drawn out of the water by the princess of Egypt. He was able to be raised by his birth mother and then was able to be turned back over to be brought up as an Egyptian royalty. He had his own plan on how he would save the Hebrew people. But as we see, when you take matters into your own hands and not rely on God, things have a way of going, well, let's just say south. In this episode, we pick back up with the story of Moses in Exodus 3 and 4. And we are going to explore God introducing himself in a spectacular way to Moses and learning of the plan and the purpose that God still had for him. All right, welcome back to Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Thank you for following us. Oh, and speaking of following, you know, definitely if you haven't, subscribe on YouTube, follow on Instagram and Twitter. Am I missing a platform? I don't know. Just tell all your friends about it. You understand? Like, yes. <laughs> Word of mouth is our best thing right now. So really appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. Because we are in the process, in the business of sharing the good news. You understand? And you know, it would be a shame if you was to keep the good news for yourself, is, is all I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying? Like, So it's, it's kind of like the parable when, when everybody had the coins and some people flipped the coins. Some, but then there was the guy who who, who, who did, buried who it. Bury it. You understand? Keep it for yourself. And, and the king come back was like, no, come, give me this, give me this, man, because you ain't doing nothing with this. And so, yeah, it, it means a lot to us, you know, the support. And we just ask for your continuing support, you know, as we just go through this journey and just dissect everything. Yeah, so last week we had Dominic on and we started and finished, I guess, Exodus 2. Mm-hmm. And we got introduced to Moses. Moses. 
the man of the hour. In the book of name, we get the name that we probably going to hear the most. Yeah, boy, <laughs> Moses book. had a longer run than Abraham, I feel like. For real. For real. <laughs> and Joseph. Oh, yeah. And Joseph was a long run. Joseph, boy, we get five episodes of the Joseph. Man, <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> But yeah, so in the book of names, Exodus, just as a recap, last, last week we saw how Moses was one born when Pharaoh gave the order to throw all the babies in the river and his daughter, Pharaoh's daughter found Moses. Moses was still able to be brought up by his birth mother with his birth family and still rose at a certain age to go and to live with the king's palace, brought up in the ways of the Egyptian and then when he got older, he still knew he was a Hebrew. He saw the injustices his people were facing and he killed an Egyptian. Hmm. And then the very next day when he went back out to the Hebrews, a Hebrew called him out on it. Yep. Saying, who made you ruler over us? <laughs> Boy, the betrayal. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, sometimes it be your own people. It be your own people, bro, for real. <laughs> and then we see Moses was scared and ran, but we also showed how it probably was a humbling experience. But now we're picking from Exodus chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Exodus chapter 3. So we have one correction to make, and it's not a correction. It's just we have to add a little bit of context because funny, I don't know if, if I've, I don't know, because so, I, I, I am bounced between the new international version and the King James and the new King James version. So I was always used to this guy being named Jethro, mm-hmm. yes. Moses' father-in-law. And last last episode, we talked about Ruel. And even, even when you listen to it, you're kind of like, like, we didn't even seem certain, like, when we saying this name, because it took me off God, but I'm like, yo, that's literally what the text says. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? But that's just another name for Jethro, and we can see moving forward how the name just sticks to being Jethro for the most part. Amen. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. So, verse one. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he, he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in, in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses, Moses saw that the, that the bush was on fire. Wait, Moses saw that the bush was on fire. It did not burn up. I, I'm missing a word there. Moses saw that the bush was on fire. It did not burn up. Okay, that's just what they say. So Moses <laughs> thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? Okay, yeah, so like my version just says, he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. (laughs) So, I mean, like, so now let's think about it now, because now we know that when Moses uh, went to uh, Midian, he left as an Egyptian, but he was humbled and pretty much now was a shepherd. So now imagine you're out in the fields attending to your flock, attending to your sheep. And I want you guys just to picture like not today's day versus with like a lot of technology and stuff. You're just in the middle of a desert, I guess, or some plane with your sheep. And all of a sudden you look to your right or left, whichever visual is going on in your mind right now, you just look over and you see a, a, a tree on fire. Hmm. My first thing is like, hold on, I ain't like no fire, so why is this bush even burning? Oh. And so now you, you, as your gaze starts to focus on, you say, hold on, the tree's on fire, but it ain't burning up. I don't see, I don't know if there was no smoke, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just imagine the fire is all around the tree, but the tree is like perfectly, perfectly cool. Yeah, because like to me, every time I read this, I'm just like, I don't know if it's me, if I'm the oddball. <laughs> but if I see a tree on fire, I don't think 
I would marvel at it. Like, I don't think this would capture my attention seriously. I'd be like, oh, the tree is on fire, man. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? But I guess if it's your property, you're going to want to say, let me douse this fire. You know what I'm saying? Before this spreads and stuff. But I just wondered how the guy noticed that it didn't burn. Like, it wasn't burning. I, I think it probably got his attention even more. It's like, <laughs> I mean, granted, if I'm walking and the tree's on fire, I might be like, huh, why is it on fire? But then, but then you, usually you would say, okay, I expect it to be burning up. And you say, hold on, the tree isn't. You would expect like leaves to be falling, a branch might be like burnt up, so it's like branches are falling off. You're like, hold on, this tree is perfectly fine, but it's on fire. Like, yeah. what is going on? Some something's different. That's true, and and you can see it definitely <clears throat> caught Moses's attention, and he needed a closer look. Verse four, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called, <laughs> called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At, at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And now it's like, it's like I just want to like ask a question, and, and we don't really have, and like, the answer is just kind of vague, but... Because some verses you read, you're going to read the angel of the Lord mm. called out to Moses. Mm-hmm. Some versions say God, some versions says Lord. And so it's like, who was calling out? Probably. And I know people, like, we know like the angel of the Lord, because you know the angel of the Lord, the angel of the covenant, is one of the words used to describe God. But it's like, okay, who is this? God the Father, who right. never leaves his throne? Is this Jesus calling out? Or are we just going to say, you know what? Keep it simple, just say it's God. See, because I... For the sake of progressing the story, we know it was somebody from heaven talking to him and there's somebody with authority, right? Later on, it says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. Uh, God of Isaac. So this angel that they spoke of, it could be the form of the Holy Spirit. You understand? It could be Jesus. It could be God the Father. I just state the obvious, uh, uh, right? <laughs> but <laughs> Three options, man. <laughs> Right. But but what I'm saying is like it's important that when you read things in the Bible, it's important to try to get multiple interpretations, especially if you don't know how to break down Hebrew and Greek. Just for the sake of a conversation like this, like I am I, based on the NIV, I am led to believe this is God the Father based on based on this. Moses was afraid to look at him in his face. We know later on, Moses asked to see God when he was on Mount Sinai and God was like, you can't see me and live. You have to see my back, right? So this is how I think about God, the Father. Like we hear him a lot. Even when Jesus was around, God, the Father spoke to Jesus, you know, multiple times when he was on the cross, when he got got baptized, I think when he was being transfigured, we've heard the voice of God. But when are we actually seeing God? And we can see right now, Moses isn't actually seeing God. And at the same time, this, this, whichever part of the Trinity is being spoken to right now is requiring a lot of reverence. Take off your sandals. Don't even come too close to me type of situation. Mm-hmm. I've seen times when people, I was just reading today in Luke when Jesus was in his hometown and he was telling them the prophet did not accept it. And your hometown is in Luke 4. Uh, yeah, Luke 4, and, and they end up saying, um, 
they end up trying to I don't I'm sorry, it's somewhere in the in the first four chapters of Luke, I can't remember. But they were trying to push Jesus off the cliff and Jesus slipped right through them. Mm-hmm. So obviously People were able, and this was Jesus in his human form, so there's a difference, but people were able to get close to Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? But when I think about God the Father, I just feel like there's this specific reverence placed to him. But then at this, to, to add a curveball, in other translations, it says the angel of God. You understand? And has that ever been used to describe God, God the, the Father? God the Father. Right. That's, where, like, that's the curveball right there. Because like, usually when you hear the angel of the Lord, the angel of the covenant, that's referring more so to the Son, mm. which is so... Interesting. It's mm-hmm. something just to think about. So, but the fact of the matter is, up in this, up until this point, Jesus hadn't come yet. They still waiting on the Messiah. You understand? He and, still had all of his glory. Right. He still had all of his glory. And up until this point, we know for a fact, regardless of which section of the Godhead, we know this was God specifically talking, and this was a serious message because right now, bro. I have to get your undivided attention and I need you to know to reverence me right now, bro. Like, you might have not had a personal experience with God because we've seen where the patriarchs have had a personal experience with God, whether in dreams or even when God came to Abraham. You understand what I'm saying? They've had personal experience and this is now time for Moses' personal experience. And regardless of who it is, I, I don't like... Sometimes I understand why the Bible don't get too, too deep into these things because, bro, let's, let's, let's stick to the point right now. You mm-hmm. understand? I am trying to, I'm trying to reintroduce my people to God and you are going to be the liaison to, to do so, Moses. You understand? And one thing I wanted to point out from here, though, let's think about how God is, is addressing Moses. He's saying, yo, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground right now, right? And when I, when I was reading Patriarchs and Prophets, um, the the author mentioned something that was that like it really it really kind of stick to me a little bit, and they were saying that God was 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 expecting reverence. He requires reverence, but at the same time, a lot of people even today, Ian and I'm I'm guilty of this too. We do things in the house of God. We believe that the Holy Spirit is in this place. We believe to be in the presence of God, but at the same time, we don't reverence it the same way we would reverence being in a world leader's house. Like you go to meet with whoever the, the leader that you that you admire. You go to see the prime minister. You go to see Barack Obama. You go to see the president of the United States. You're not going to be playing video games and stuff like that. I've seen people play video games in church. You understand? I've seen people listen to music, watch. I've been on Instagram myself while in church, scrolling through while the pastor preaching. And I highly doubt I would do that if I was in the presence of a, of a leader. You understand? A king. If I go to see the queen of England... I'm not gonna, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be respectful. Mm-hmm. So, but let's think about it, bro. That's only a human being. They are gonna pass one day. We have a God, a sovereign God who's here from the beginning and will never end. Who, never. Whom we don't show this type of reference to. <laughs> and it is clear that he is telling you to reverence him. You understand? Bro, because I, I, spend, I spend most of my Sabbaths reading the New Testament now. And, bro, Jesus would cast out demons and the demons would be like, oh, you are the Messiah. And he'd be like, yo, be quiet. You understand? Like, I don't even want this type of energy from you. But the demons calling out who he is. Mm-hmm. But then we had Pharisees around saying, oh, you, you, you blaspheme and you ain't even God. Like, they definitely not reverencing him, you know? And so, like, I feel like it's interesting just to understand this, um, this dynamic because at the end of the day, we're not servant. We don't, we don't get to see God physically like the way our Moses is seeing this burning bush. So it might not click to some people, it might not. You might not be able to put two and two together that yo, this is this is God for real, for real. Like, 
Like he needs to be respected this way. But it comes a time when you have to actually learn this and accept this. You understand? So like in reading this, it helped me to understand, bro. Like seriously, if you have never considered this before, please consider being reverent when in the house of God, when in the in the sanctuary, when in the you know when when in the presence of God. You know, just treat God with reverence because if this was a world leader, you would definitely treat them with reverence. And so verse verse six. He's, then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hit his face. We just met, we just went over that. But I just feel like it's, it's, it's also necessary that he, he spelled this out for you. I am the God of your father. Let's not be confused because you was raised in, a, in an Egyptian household. You was raised in a, in a Hebrew household at the same time. Let's not be confused. I'm talking about the God of the Hebrews. And if you don't, if you, and if you're still a little bit confused, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the mm -hmm. forefathers, the patriarchs of this nation. You understand? Let's not get this confused. Verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the land, from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of, out of that land into a good and spacious land, a, flow, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivasites, Hivites, <laughs> Jebusites, and now the cry of the Israelites has has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, uh, to bring my people, the Israelites out of Egypt. So here we see God has given him the rundown. And I feel like this is, this is so interesting to me because like this poses questions for me. If, if last episode we was talking about how Moses himself thought he was going to be the leader, going to take charge and overthrow the, the Egyptians, why is God taking this? Um, why is he taking this time to explain all of this to Abraham? Moses. To Moses. Why, why are you doing that? I, I remember I was doing it the opposite way. Yeah. I was, yeah, right. <laughs> to, if he, why, are you, why are you taking this time to explain this to Moses? Because like right now, you it would almost come off as... All right, this guy, he'd never heard of any of this before. You understand what I'm saying? And like this led me to kind of think about what Moses just spent his last 40 years Dang, doing. That's what I was going to say. Keep going. Right. So the last thing we have, literally the chapter before, we've heard um, Moses committed murder and now he was wanted by the Egyptians. They wanted to kill him and that was no secret. You understand? Even the Hebrews weren't on his side because they mm -hmm. didn't hold him down either. But if, when you think about a slave, they don't have much leverage to hold you down anyway, mm -hmm. but the least they could have done, they did not do. They did not try to protect him in any type of way. And so now we have Moses who ran away to, to be, um, in, I think, in Midian. And he was a shepherd for 40 years. So now you came from a priest, not a priest. You, you're from the priestly clan, yes. But you, you came from <clears throat> the house of the Egyptians. You came from royalty to now be a shepherd. What a what a paradigm shift. It's like, yeah, it's, it, it's a think about it now. You, 40 years ago, you were certain of your purpose. Mm -hmm. But you had a way you wanted it to execute in your mind. You say, yeah, God called me to be the rescuer of the Israelites. I'm thinking I'm going to do it in grand style. Just like how you said, like the, the Jews and Jesus' day was expecting a Messiah to come in all glory, all power to, to say, you know what? Forget Roman control, we're here. But now after 40 years, you're like, huh, maybe that dream I had isn't the dream that God really had for me anymore. So now you ain't a self-confidence, you ain't a self-reassured anymore. Because you're like, yo, the best time for this to happen would have been when I was in the Egyptian household. Mm -hmm. 
when I was legitimately ruler over the Israelites at the time. Mm-hmm. But God, God was like, you thought that was what, you thought that was what I called to do then. The mission is still the same, but now you have no choice but to rely on me. Right. So now watch this, right? And if and if and if and if it wasn't clear that his demeanor has changed, if we look at verse eleven, the guy says, "But Moses says, said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt?'" Now, bro, who better person? And last last episode we were talking about that. What better person would have been the liaison than a Hebrew raised as Egyptian royalty? Mm-hmm. So, bro, so you so you have you have leverage in both in both in both areas. You understand in both cultures. Who else would, would be the, the liaison? Uh, bro, there's no man, there's no Hebrew man your age. You understand what I'm saying? All of them were dead unless there was someone else who was hidden that we don't know about. We yeah. don't have no evidence to prove that. So, bro, why, why, just from that alone, you could, you could make an argument that you have for a reason. But also you can make the argument that you were the chosen one to do that. And now God is affirming you. But you saying, who am I? Because mm-hmm. I feel like during those 40 years, there were 40 years of humility. There mm-hmm. were 40 years when Moses had to unlearn things that he had learned. He had the, <clears throat> he, he was brazen when, when, he was, when he was Egyptian royalty. But, <clears throat> but now you lost that because you committed a crime and now you're not treated as that. You're treated just as a Hebrew. You're treated as a Hebrew fugitive. And so now Moses saying, like, who am I, God? I don't, I mean, when I was the guy, it didn't go down like that. And then I thought it was done for 40 years later. And now you're telling me this, like, wh- why me? And even to show even more how humble these years have made him, just fast forward in, in Numbers 12, 3. Now Moses was a very humble man, hmm. more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Wow. Th- that is crazy. Does that sound like the same Moses who killed somebody for, for beating no. up? So, all right. You, you understand? Like this guy, God really gave this guy... Uh, maybe a reality check, but a, a makeover, bro. He had to be rehabilitated of like the mindset that he had. Like, and those 40 years was definitely molding him to be the leader of the Israelites that we saw. Because, bro, Moses was so upset at uh, one person being mistreated that he killed a guy in cold blood. Like, I ain't care. I'm killing you, bro. And I come and back tomorrow, like, everything cool. Everything cool. You understand what I'm saying? This guy, he was, he was serious. <laughs> this was a serious guy. But now think about it, God. These, now we have someone else. We have, we have a whole group of people who committed a crime. And God, this later on in, in the Bible, God gave Moses the ultimatum, bro. We could end this whole line of his Hebrews and we could run the lineage through you. Mm-hmm. And Moses turned around and said, no, God, mm-hmm. get, get him another chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, because mm-hmm. it's a humble guy, bro. And like, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful because, and, and like the way we ended last week's episode, bro, like some, some people feel like these people were so holier than thou, X, Y, Z. It was a process, bro. Imagine if the story had ended right when Moses had, had, killed, had killed that person. Mercy. You understand what I'm saying? Like, bro, like the story isn't done. Like everybody, even now, thinking you're just so far away. Like, bro, your story ain't done. Your story don't have to be done. You understand what I'm saying? God can change you from being a hothead to being the most humble person in the world. Think about that. Think about the most abrasive person you know right now, the biggest hothead. And think about if God was to turn them to be the most humble person in the world. Like, think about how crazy that is. And that's Moses. That's Moses right now. Uh, <clears throat> verse 12. And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. On this mountain, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask me, 
What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Verse 14, very powerful. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you ought to say to the Israelites. I am, am has sent me to you. Boy, like to me, that's so deep. I don't, I can't even break down like the depth of it, bro. Cause like, that's just like a profound statement. I am. Who are you? I am. Given the whole context of being in the book of names, hmm. because we even had another example where Jacob, when he got turned to Israel, asked God, who are you? Hmm. This was like, you know who I am. Hmm. I don't even got to tell you. Right. You know, I say mostly, you know what? I am who I am. Right. Because like God is like a title. You understand? But they ask him, it's like Pharaoh. Like Pharaoh is a title. King is a title. You understand? But at the same time, you could have a name. You understand? Jesus have a name. They was asking God, the father. Mm-hmm. What's your name, bro? What's your name? They asking whoever this God, whoever, whatever form of God he talking to right now, he asks you what his name. He say, I am. Bro. And like, like you say, we in the book of names. When um when Peter, when we were speaking to Peter the other day, and you two were, were both saying how this is was once called the book of names, mm-hmm. I did not know that. And I'd already known that God revealed his name in this book, and that just blew my mind. I'm like, why wouldn't this be called the book of names? We get God to tell us his name. You understand? God tell, told us his name in this book. Like, like we have a lot of names, and it's like we and we see where people who are not important. We're not hearing their name, but we see people who played pivotal roles in the fulfillment of God's promises. We see their names, bro. So like, just beautiful. And there's a time where Moses and Moses and God reach into a completely new level because Moses obviously was a man of faith. You understand what I'm saying? He lived in the house of the priests of Midian, Jethro. You understand? So you can't say he didn't know God. It's just so funny too. It's like God just saying, bro, I am who I am. Like, Think about it. There's no equivalent for God, right? right. Like, I just say this and think of like, bro, I am who I am. Like, you can't compare me to nobody else. Like, all these other stuff you might have seen in Egypt, bro. I can't. Like, bro, I am who I am. I am God, bro. Like, you, you could you could imagine you could imagine Jesus on trial pleading this case, because we saw when Jesus was on trial. That's the next important thing too. Because think, go, um, finish your thought. Yeah. So we saw Jesus pleading his trial. He didn't have a lawyer. You understand? And they accusing him, accusing him, accusing him. Jesus said, sit silent. Silent, because he literally knew if I said who I am, <laughs> I would, that my purpose coming here to earth would be eradicated if I told you guys who I am. Right. That's how come Jesus had to stay silent. If he literally said, I am, and just coming to rescue him. Bro, because think about this, bro. What Jesus had to explain to them. I don't owe you all an explanation, bro. I am right. I am holy. I am God. You understand? So if you ask God, if Moses say, who are you? God only have to say, I am. You think God have to give you his elevator pitch? Mm. You understand? Oh, I am this, da, 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 I've done that, da, da, da. Bro, I am. That's enough. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, don't <laughs> play with me, bro. Like, it's even more powerful too. God is like, think about God raised, I already told you who I am. Right. I already said, I, I, I am the father of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of them. I already told you who I am. You I, said one more clarification, bro. Want, bro. I am who I am, bro. I am who I am. That's... That's it's, enough. And it's so powerful because now it's like, it's up to you to determine who I am to you. Mm-hmm. Am I your God now? I already, I already gave you all of my credentials. What more do you want from me? There's no other equivalent for me. What is up to you? Who am I to you? Right. And, that, and that's the thing, bro. A lot of times, like, I feel like, I, I feel like within all of us, bro, we have a, a desire to be reconnected with God before we were conceived. Because conceived in the womb, God knew us. 
You understand? Like God had this connection with us. So on earth, we gotta re we gotta find our way to reconnect to this thing. This like this destined for us, right? Everybody have a desire to be connected to a higher being. That's why we have so many religions. Mm-hmm. That's why we have people who worship the universe, bro. Literally. Mercy. And like think about this, bro. If I was to, if you was, if, if I was able to effectively articulate that someone created the universe, you should want to worship that thing, that person, that being. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so at the end of the day, if 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 someone is inquisitive about who this person is and God is saying like I am, it should be something inside of you that feel that feel connect that feel this connection. Cause that's the power, that's the way how the Holy Spirit works. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's not even what is said, bro. It's just the way that thing makes you feel. You understand? Like sometimes the Holy Spirit can say something so subtle, but that can leave such a lasting impression. That could be something so lucid, that could be something so like uh, impactful to you. You understand? And here, here we see all God said was, I am who I am. And that's impactful. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because at the end of the day, we have that yearning. We have that, 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 this lock that needs a key to be open. And once you get in contact with God, you feel that. Now, if you decide to be stiff neck, if you decide to push, push back against that, that's your personal prerogative. You understand what I'm saying? It's not, it's not a healthy thing. It's not a spiritually, um, it's not a spiritually healthy thing for you to do. It's not going to help you you understand what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you have to understand that just as human beings, we all we all we all desire to be connected to our power source. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And like God is saying, like right here, God has given you that connection. And as subtly as he has as he has to, he's not he's not turning around and completely overselling himself, XYZ. He giving you everything you need. Now, if you desire more, that's a personal issue with you. You understand what I'm saying? Man, and just even going on, he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Like, I am the beginning and the end. I am the one who created you. I am the one who who is going to be your redeemer. Like, man. I'm everything. I am, I am bro. Like, I am. And God just simply is. Like, it's just so hard to fathom. Like, beginning and the end. He was there before. Before there was nothing, bro. Like, like it's so, it's, he was there before there was nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so hard to comprehend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And guess what? After everything else vanishes away, yep. he will still be there. See, but think about this, right? Because we, 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 we approaching a topic that like is, is funny. Like, it's interesting to me and it reminds me of our first episode, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, we talk in about the beginning, how... Check like, it in out. the beginning, right? Shameless plug. Right, this is where it all started, right? And, <laughs> and I just thinking about it, right? Who made God, right? Mm. These are things that we can't father. These are things we can't break down. Our human mind just can't can't conceive it. Maybe if God gave it to us, we might just have a breakdown. We might explore. We just we just can't handle that. How could God explain to you who He is? It just it's it's hard to comprehend. You're, you're, bro, you can't. We're not gonna be able to comprehend. And it's so crazy because it's like the people who are even with Jesus still. Even to the bro. end, didn't fully comprehend who Jesus was. Bro, I was reading Matthew and Mark the last couple of weeks, bro. Jesus, miracle after miracle after miracle, and then out of nowhere, Jesus say, who do people say I am? They say, oh, you Elijah, they say, you da, da, da. who do you say I am? You, you the son of the living God. And God say, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And I just like, my thing is, you sitting around this guy, people touching his clothes, and they becoming healed, all of these stuff happening, and then you still need the Holy Spirit to tell you that this is Jesus. People, the disciples who was with Jesus, still wasn't getting it. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes they go to heal people. Sometimes they go. Jesus said, Jesus said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, right? And then the, the disciples turn around and say, yeah, yeah, they talking about how we didn't have enough bread today. And Jesus was like, bro, I, do you guys still not get it? Like when we did enough bread the other day, I feel 4,000 people were just, nothing. this is not about this, bro. Like how aren't y'all get it? It was, it was some things that the disciples who were in the midst of Jesus did not get. When Jesus returned to his hometown, Jesus spoke and the people were amazed. And the first thing they say was, hey, wait, isn't that Joseph's son? Like mm-hmm. they were so, but like, how could you be this profound? Like there was the lack of faith. You understand? So like people who were with Jesus, who see it, they still didn't get it. So now why, if you know, if you was, if you created humans, right? And you understand the nature of sin and what it does to the brain. And you know, no matter what I do to people, they still ain't gonna get it. Why would you, why would you waste your time even trying, trying to explain Articulate. it? Yeah, you understand? Why would you, why would you do that? Why would you go through that? And then it comes to a certain point where, if you're confident in who you are, which you know God is, hmm. I don't have to explain myself to you because at the end of the day, your opinion doesn't change who oh, I am. That's the, exactly. Yo, who, who, who I am. You understand? <laughs> it don't change. I am. You know what I'm saying? And like, I, I, that's why I feel like this is so deep because we could take this, we could flip this so much ways, bro. Like we could keep digging deep into it, but it's deep enough and it's surface enough for everyone to accept it mm-hmm. you can think about it like in, in terms of like existential from an existential standpoint right i am like i exist like i am mm-hmm. that thing right but then you could also say that i am here and i am a person and i am god what is your name i am you understand that's just that's, that's all you need to know that's all you need to know and that's deeper than you could you could know at the same time you know so i feel like and it's just god just showing you know his his infinite wisdom because Everything that God tell Moses to do, spoiler, it worked. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Verbatim, everything, every single thing. Well, just one last thing. Then in John 8, 28, then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the son of man, you will know that I am he and that I do nothing by myself, but my father taught me how to speak these things, but just hmm. I am. Anyway, so now we see in uh, verse 15, moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. If I am, doesn't work for them. <laughs> Just say, okay. Since y'all need a little bit more explanation, again, I am the God, the Lord God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. <laughs> And I feel like that'll do it because one thing, just from understanding that, like the Hebrew and just their nature, one thing they held proudly is is like who their ancestors are and stuff like that. You understand? Like <laughs> they like even when Jesus time, Jesus time, you don't get disrespect the name of David. You understand? You ain't get disrespect like Israel. You know, you ain't get disrespect Father Abraham. I'm sure that's how it is even to this day. You understand? So like, if I am ain't doing it for you, just tell them I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You know. <clears throat> and, 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 and that should suffice. Go and gather the elders together, verse 16, and say to them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt and the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites to a land flowing with milk and honey. Milk and honey is going to be a theme that we are going to explore even more and more as we go the story of the right. Israelite children. Then they will heed your voice and you shall come, you and the elders of the Israel t- 
to the king of Egypt and you shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now, please let us go three days journey into the wilderness and we may sacrifice the Lord our God. Verse 19, and this is powerful too. But I am sure the king of Egypt will not let you go, not even by a mighty hand. Mm. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. Hmm. That's just a foreshadowing to what's going to happen. For sure. And let me just switch versions here just to see if this version says it a little differently. <clears throat> so, like, like, it's just so interesting because at the same time, God... He, like, he knows the beginning from the end. Mm-hmm. So he sent Moses on this mission, right? And Moses, you can see he a little scared. Like you can see he a little nervous about this because he's trying to cover all his bases. But what if they do this? What if they do this, right? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, God already telling them, bro, this is what you're going to do. And this is what is going to happen, bro. Like, I, bro, like literally you just got to be a body at this point, bro. Like anything can be easy to actually do these things, to be actionable. But at the same time, I've already, I've already seen all of this. And I'm telling you what's going to happen. And which is even more powerful, right? Because we know God already told this to Abraham. This mm-hmm. is going to happen. God told this to Israel when he came to Egypt. Or when he's about to go to Egypt. Like, yeah, this is going to happen. But don't worry. I will deliver your children out of Egypt. Like, don't mm-hmm. worry. This ain't going to be there forever. But they're going to be there a while. And now we're seeing now, like, even, even, even God saying to Moses, yeah, Pharaoh isn't going to let y'all go unless <laughs> a mighty hand compels him. See, but... But here's the thing, right? God knows Pharaoh isn't going to let them go. Mm-hmm. Because God knows Pharaoh's heart. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a dangerous thing that I've heard people of many faiths, many walks of life say was God knows my heart. You understand what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, that's true. I was going to say, go for it. But there's a part of this stuff that's being missed. God knows your heart, but you do not know your heart. Mm-hmm. Only God knows your heart. And then at the same time, the same God who knows our heart, later on, we, we see inspired writings from God that say our righteousness are only as filthy rags. I mean, even that, even before this, going back to after the Noah story, God said every inclination of their heart is evil. It's evil. So yeah, God knows your heart and God knows every inclination of it is evil. Bro, and, and that's my thing. So sometimes people do things, right? Like I remember there was a rapper who proclaimed that he was God. Blasphemed. But it was a joke to him. It was completely funny to him. And, and like that, like stuff like that, bro, between me and you and every, anybody who listens, bro, that, that really offends me. Like I have an emotional attachment to stuff like that. Like... When people blaspheme like that, when people disrespect my religion, I should say, it's, it's as, almost as if they disrespect my mother. That's how I feel. It's like you're talking about my mom. Mm. Like when rappers get like that, I stop supporting you. When if it's a movie like that, I stop supporting you. My fiance and I, a couple of years back, we were dating. We watching this movie and this guy decided to say he was God and he started to say all type of names. Elohim was the first name he say. And I mean, we just walk out of the, we just walk out of the movie theater. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that. That, that, that ruined my day. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But back to the rapper, when interviewed about it, he said, he started laughing. He's like, man, it was just a joke, bro. Like, God knows my heart. Mm. Do you know your heart, bro? <clears throat> By your fruits, we should know you, bro. <laughs> like, how you could expect us to assume you have a clean heart? 
if the things that's coming out of you are not clean, can salt water and fresh water come out of the same like spout? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like, and and that's like that's a dangerous thing that I feel like a lot of people who need to be pacified in the things that they do, they say, God knows my heart. I'm not living right. I'm not building a relationship with God. But at the end of the day, He knows my heart, man. Like God knows I didn't mean that. Da 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 da. That's not that's not right. Because God does know your heart And he knows that you probably did mean that But you don't know that's your heart You don't know Like if you look at the stats You don't know that Like when it's time to stand up for God or not You probably have a losing record I mean the thing about it too Like people Too much people underestimate the power of evil Hmm. And we know God reigns supreme But too much people underestimate the devil and his power And they don't even know when the devil really using them And I think that's the most powerful thing A lot of people gotta realize too Like They don't understand when the devil using them right one thing, uh, my friend who's a, who's a theologian before then, when he was an undergrad, he had a poem, and it was called, I Plan to Sin Today. His name is Charles Eden. And in the poem, he was talking about how <clears throat> I'm sinning, right? But the devil isn't tempting me. I'm on autopilot right now. Like, these are things that I've conditioned myself to do. Mercy. I ain't even giving the devil credit. Bro. And, like, that type of self-awareness, is. I feel like that's that's beneficial to helping you you, you to understand what's going on, bro. Because you can't just blame God or blame the devil. Oh, God, no, my heart. Like, no, like, that's a blanket. Let's take let's take responsibility for our actions. You understand? And I feel like once, once you do that, you, you lack accountability in that sense. You understand what I'm saying? Because sometimes, like, sometimes the devil influences us to do that. When... Jesus, Jesus tell the disciples, <laughs> Jesus tell the disciples, I am about to die, right? They're about to kill me. Peter said, no, they ain't gonna kill you. I ain't gonna let that happen. Jesus said, get me behind me, Satan. Satan mercy. You thinking with a fleshly mind. You ain't thinking about the will of my father. Mm-hmm. Now, if Jesus tell that to me, that would hurt my feelings. I might cry if, if Jesus tell me that, I might cry. You understand what I'm saying? We know Peter's heart was in the right place, but were you being influenced by God? You understand? Like, what, what's the motive behind all of this, bro? Did God influence you to proclaim that you are God? Mm. No, he did not. Like, this is your own fleshly desires, bro. You can't say, you can't turn around and think God is excited about that. And and this just one, this just one isolated thing, but I've heard people say that all the time, and that always makes me sad because I usually hear it in defense of something that they're that they're doing that they shouldn't be doing or that they know they shouldn't be doing, that they blatantly doing. God know my heart, man. I could do X, Y, and Z. I mean, I don't. I don't hey I don't I don't try to build a relationship with God. I don't do the right thing with God on my heart at the end of the day. And I feel like a lot of people a lot of people just try to go with the heart thing and say, man, once you got a good heart, bro. Like I know I've known people who, bro, did a lot of crazy stuff in the world, bro. You understand what I'm saying? And when they pass away, people just automatically say, Oh, he in heaven looking down on us. You understand what I'm saying? And like to me, that just posed the question, like, does everyone make it to heaven? You understand what I'm saying? And if so, what, what's like what's what's the faith factor what's the works factor like what how, like what's the what's the rubric bro because like if we just live in our life without regard without regard for god and but deep down we have a good heart even though we don't use the good heart that we have <laughs> we don't use it now and everybody just get it like to me like what's the point what's the point of all of this mm-hmm. what's the point of jesus being an example for us you know but back to pharaoh god understood pharaoh's heart and he understands what it's going to take for this person to let up and then we can see later on how Pharaoh, his heart was so, he was so adamant in being a certain way to the point where God was like, okay, I am going to allow you to continue to be like this. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And I feel like that's a, that's a very pivotal point in the story too, because later on, it's like some people who believe in predestination, some people believe it's nothing I can do to get into heaven. God already decides who goes into heaven 
from from who doesn't i've heard people say that to me that that, that also makes me sad because i'm like bro that's literally anti what god is bro like he gives us free will mm-hmm. but at the same time he gives us over to our desires at the same at, at the same time Romans one you, you feel me bro like i like it's like it's just it's just interesting to understand to unpack these these just these these nuances and like these characteristics of god and just human nature and as it relates i think you were looking up like another depth another um this verse said the same thing. Oh, okay. So I was like, keep going. Like this one just said, uh, but I know the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. And after that, Pharaoh will let you go. Hmm. So now even from uh, verse 21, and I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards this people. So that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in our house for articles of silver and gold, for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. Hmm. And I mean, that's, and the silver and gold part is just saying like, yo, y'all, y'all done been slaves for a couple of years now. And it's just almost like fair repatriations. Like, remember, Going back to the beginning, when, when the Pharaoh of Joseph's time told them to come to uh, Egypt, he said, you guys can leave all your stuff in Canaan. Mm-hmm. I will make sure you guys have the best of the land of Egypt. <laughs> so don't even have to worry about it. I'll send my charts. We saw now, when the Egyptians, when the, when the Israelites came over, when there was like 400 years, 400 years later, they were still not really like had stuff of their own. And God said, you know what? When y'all leave, we'll make sure y'all are well taken care of. Ask them for their gold and their silver. Y'all have some riches as y'all travel through the desert. Ask them for their fine robes. Y'all will have some good clothes as y'all go through the desert. And we see, fast forward, whenever this we get back to this time, this will also take place. Yep. So, but think about this. We have Abraham. Abraham was well off. You know, Abraham had a lot of stuff and money was not an issue, it seems, like, for What for, is this for thing Abraham. between me and you? Me and you? Like, come on. Like, and that's what your boy was, he was yeah. even saying, he said, bro, you rich, I rich. Like, whatever, I don't know. You understand? And, that's, and Moses was like, I mean, Abraham was like, bro, yeah, because it's so petty, I'll pay that, bro. And I don't want to <laughs> owe you, you know? We have Isaac. We have Jacob. Jacob, Jacob essentially had to acquire his own wealth. Like, he had to redo that, you know? Yeah, but, he had to finesse his way down. Yeah, so... But then think about this, bro. When you get to Joseph, this is a different type of wealth now. We have like generational wealth, right? But then at the same time, <laughs> you become a slave. So you essentially lost all of that. You, you lost everything that Abraham and Isaac, Jacob had established. You, you lost everything that Joseph had established. So now you're a slave, bro. You don't have anything. But God's saying, bro, I get, I'm bringing you the freedom. But at the same time, you getting back. You getting back to, to, to a level of status. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave you to start from square one. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. That, and, and I feel like that was the, um, the goal for that. I think, we should, I think we should just go straight until, like, he goes to, um, returns to... to um, I was in there, let's, go, let's get into chapter four. Yep. So now we've seen chapter four, verse one. Moses answered, <laughs> What if they did not believe me or listen to me and say that the Lord did not appear to you? It's not... <laughs> Moses is saying, okay, suppose I am, don't work for them. Uh, the Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob doesn't work for them because now just thinking in our human minds, okay, yeah, we heard about this God, but man, we done been afflicted in slavery for a couple of years now. So where was God then? Why is God already allowed? So, like, so now God, suppose they say we already afflicted this plane. Where was God? Suppose this don't work for you. For work, work for me. What, what, what are I supposed to do now? Lord say, okay, 
What is that in your hand? And it's funny how God like just plays along with us. Yeah, he's used with what around. All right, um, that's in your hand. Like, all right. What's in your hand? Yeah. God knows a staff is in his hand, obviously. <laughs> yeah. What's in your hand? A staff, Moses replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Just throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground. It became a snake and Moses ran from his own <laughs> staff and just turned into a snake. <laughs> I can just imagine him. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Completely startling because that's just... I'm sorry. That just goes to show like the signs and like like how crazy like the stuff God could just do. You know what I'm saying? Like this become a snake, bro. Like imagine if you see the microphones we talking through right now. Imagine mm-hmm. if that just turned into a snake right now, bro. And God didn't even prep you. God just said throw it on the ground. <laughs> so think about this, right? If you Moses, if you scared by this, if or if you started by this, truly. Pharaoh and all their guys, they should be moved by that mm-hmm. because this is a great sight to see. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, right, we ain't seen Moses in 40 years, right? The last time we see Moses, he just killed somebody. He was hard head. He was running around being, you know what I mean? Trying to be an authoritative figure. And now he's coming back like, oh, God say, God say, free my people. How I is a Pharaoh, how I know you ain't just been planning this this whole time? You know what I mean? How is people in, in is people, is Hebrews who don't even know who you are? You understand? It's like if someone 40 years old or not, they don't even know who you are. Bro. How, mm-hmm. how are you supposed to just believe you and this God you coming from? You understand? <laughs> so I see where Moses coming from. But sooner or later, it started to feel like Moses really just trying to find excuses. Excuses, yeah. God <laughs> said, okay, now reach out, to, reach out your hand, take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took a hold of the snake and it turned back to his staff in his hand. And this is the next thing, like, this is the next side venture I'm going to do as we go through this. You know, like God just using what people have in their hand to deliver them or bring them like some kind of freedom. When we get to Samson, that's going to come again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> this is the Lord. So it is they that may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, okay, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand in his cloak. And when he took it out, his skin was white and leprous. Mm-hmm. It was, became white as snow. So nah, that would freak me out. That would freak me out, bad, bro. I don't like stuff like that. <laughs> Imagine like you just wearing a nice little suit. Nah, someone say, yeah, but put your hand inside your suit jacket. You, you, reaching, you reaching your hand. And I don't even know if you just feel your hand transforming or not, but you pull out your hand and your hand just covered in... Leprosy. Leprosy boils, skin peeling yeah, off. White as snow, bro. That'd be scary because... That's yeah. scary to me, bro. Like when stuff like that happened to me, like when my body go through a change or something, I just be freaking out. Like I'd be all over the internet <laughs> looking up, you know what I mean? Just looking for the worst, like, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, that, that, that would have do it for me. Even the, like the snake would have do it for me. The snake would have do it for me. But that, that would have driven home. Like it would have been no shadow without for me. Like, mm-hmm. you understand? Like, and then God said, you know what? Uh, put, it, put, your, put your hand back inside your cloak. So Moses, so Moses did it. Um, when he took it out, it was restored. Like, uh, it was like his hand became normal, became like the rest of his flesh. Mm-hmm. It's now in verse 8, 4, verse 8. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second sign. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile River mm-hmm. and pour it on dry ground. The water you take from the Nile will become blood on the ground. Mm-hmm. Then Moses said, hold on. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I see you on a run here, but pardon your servant, Lord. Mm-hmm. Sound like Abraham when he was haggling for Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. But pardon your servant. I have never, be, never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. 
like I say, like I just feel like I just feel like he like he I feel like he don't want to do it, bro. Secretly, he don't want to do it, and he's just looking for out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what if they don't believe me? What if you see what I'm saying? Because this is what I'm saying. Like, people interpret this to say this means that he had a speech impediment, like he used to stutter or stammer, mm-hmm. right? I don't get how being slow of speech and tongue equates to that. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, even if there's parts in the Bible where they use the word stammering, like I can pull up the text in a minute, but <clears throat> I feel like this just means that. He just wasn't eloquent, like he said, because that's literally what he said. I've never been eloquent. You have people like even me, um, and I know it's crazy to hit the sound. I'm just kidding, but I, if, when I'm speaking on stuff that I do not know about, I do not speak eloquently. Like when I first came on my job and just speaking in a language of healthcare, like it's it was hard for me because I wasn't used to this. I hadn't been privy to this type of thing, so. A lot of times I would take the long way to try to drive home a point and I end up losing people like in the process. But then I do have some friends who they speak slow. Like growing up, I've come across people who like they speak very slow. Like like they speak like they in a different time dimension. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I mean, I just want to paint this picture for people too. Like, okay, let's just say you for the first 40 years of your life, you lived in Japan. Right? And so now for the next 40 years of your life, you had nothing to do with Japan. You was living in the Bahamas. So all you're doing is speaking English. Mm-hmm. Now someone asking you at the end of this extra 40 years, hey, I need you to go back and go to Japan and speak to them again. And you have to negotiate with the leaders of Japan. And you're like, hold on. <clears throat> I'm not that confident speaking Japanese anymore. Katakana, kanji. I'm just not comfortable with that anymore. That's kind of what, that's kind of what you see Moses going through here. Uh, yeah, 40 years ago when I thought I was on top, I was speaking Egyptian fluently, interpreting those hieroglyphics. <laughs> Take a look at hieroglyphics. That's people. true, that's true. No, that, no, that's a serious thing now. <laughs> now, we, now, now you bought it now, now right now, bro, because <clears throat> think about it, bro, like, you could, like, I can read. I don't think I'll ever lose the ability to read. That's in my opinion. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what 40 years can do, right? But, bro, understanding hieroglyphics and then just the way they talk, like, like the other day, we was looking at like Zafnes and how they spelled it. And that, that told a visual story. <laughs> it did. And it, nothing to me said Zafnes bro. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like when you speak Spanish, right? And y'all just forgive me if I get this completely wrong. But we say, how old are you? Mm-hmm. But they say like, how many years do you have? Mm-hmm. Like that's how they, that's how they say it. Like, you, you understand what I'm saying? So like the syntax is different, right? And just from looking at hieroglyphics, I understand that that syntax can be completely different from what from what how we were speaking. Exactly. And so, like, bro, he was saying I was raised as a Hebrew. I grew up around Hebrews. You understand? When I became like about thirteen, that's when I went into the thing. But I was I was never able to keep up with the Egyptians, like the way they was able to speak. And now here it is, forty years later. I don't even know how old Moses was at this time, but for this, he might have spent more time outside of Egypt than in Egypt. 40 years later, I have to go and I have to negotiate with these people. When I, I've, I've always done well in Spanish class. I've never been to the place place where I could speak fluently in Spanish, but there was Mm -hmm. a time when I could write an essay in Spanish, you know, just living in Orlando. I come across a lot of people who speak Spanish and I cannot keep up whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I might get one or two words, but I cannot keep up at all. And so like, I can understand if I, if, if I had, if I had learned Spanish for a little bit, I move away for 40 years, go back to the Bahamas where it's only just raw dialect. And I have to come back and, 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 and preach to people and stuff. Like I could understand how that could be an intimidating thing. 
you know. But I just don't, I just don't see that as meaning that he like had a speech impediment. Um, in Isaiah or Isaiah, he said, um, twenty eight eleven, the prophet said, um, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. So the word stammering was around. You know what I'm saying? Like people knew what the word stammering is and how to describe stammering and. That was it used here. The, the operative word I, I like to hound on right here is eloquent. He's just saying, I have not been eloquent mm-hmm. at speaking. We, we know people who are really good orators. You know, Martin Luther King was a good orator. You understand? There's some people who are just so eloquent and it's like, it's like their words are just, it's like they have a silver tongue. Mm-hmm. You understand? Moses basically saying, my God, you know, I wasn't never a talker, eh? I was about that action. <laughs> I was about that action. I wasn't really, I never used to do too it's much talking. talking. No. Because <laughs> no. Moses did, Moses could have talked to the guy we killed. He could have said, because he tried to talk to him. I ain't gonna lie. He tried to talk to him, but the guy was like, he wasn't into that. You understand? Like, oh, did he? I might be thinking of a movie or something, but <clears throat> Moses in. <laughs> He wasn't effective at communicating to the guy to stop beating him before What's he put say, the. You know what? It's a rap. This is what the beats on him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. So, so now in verse uh, eleven, and I like this response from God: Who gave human beings their mouths? Mm. Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight? Who makes them blind? Is it I? Is it not I, the Lord? Mm. And this just remind me of Job. I know we talk about Job a lot, so I'll just wait. But just God saying. Man, you're just really looking for excuses now. You're talking about you, you, you're not eloquent in speech, but I'm either Lord your God, I'm the one who gave you your mouth. I'm the one who gave you the ability to speak. So now you, you're worrying about the wrong things. And God said, you know what? Even, <laughs> even, though, you're, even though you're thinking about that, uh, and you know, then Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. <laughs> this, so, and this is why I lie. That's why I was kind of, that's why I started to allude that I don't feel like he wanted to do it, bro. Yeah, you see, Moses, Moses said, you know what, God? I hear all that, but. I can't, I can't even argue with you. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. But, but you know what? I don't want to do it. Yeah, don't, don't, just send someone else, bro. Please just send someone else. Yeah, because <laughs> Moses, like, like all, when he started off, he was saying, God, I mean, how, how, like, first, who are you, right? Mm-hmm. And support, how they can know they send me, you know what I mean? Like, what to tell them, and if this happened, and Jesus said, man, God say, bro. The, the staff, throw the staff into a snake, put your hand into leprosy, turn the water into blood on the ground. And then he's like, all right, that's cool, that's cool, but guess what? I have to talk to do this. Ah, you know I wasn't always a good talker, but then God was like, bro, what? Bro, I, everyone who you know who's a good talker, I've given that, them that ability. I can give you the ability to be a good talker, I can take away the ability to be a good talker. Like, what are you talking about? Moses cut to the chase, he's like, pardon your servant, Lord, respectfully now. Please send someone else. So it's like no slap up. I don't. F- Moses, you can see there's a big task being put on him, but we've seen bigger tasks. We've seen a guy who preached and built this mysterious boat to put everyone in the world, essentially, who would listen on there. He's done. He's done that for years. You understand? We've seen stuff like that. We've seen. Um, we've seen most. We've seen Abraham just go to a land. You know what I'm saying? Like just a random land, and even though. It's just something about Pharaoh. When when Abraham get to Pharaoh, he, he gets scared. You understand all the faith in the world, but when he get to when he get to Pharaoh, he gets scared. Same thing with same thing with Moses. Now Moses, um, did we get to the point where where he talked about his enemies who who hated him and passed away or or not coming up? All right, sorry, spoiler. But at the same time, you know Moses a little little anxious because he like I wanted bro, they want to kill me. Like I 
Uh, it's a lot of reasons why Moses don't want to do this. Like, yeah, I mean, and then even going back to what we talked about a little about early in the pod, it's hot. Hmm. So now we see everything was just a mask of the real issue at hand. Wasn't you see first you start off with like, who are you? God said, okay, I answered that. Okay, suppose they don't believe me. Okay, say this. Okay, so suppose they don't listen. They don't listen. Just do this. Do that. Do that. And now we see. Oh yeah, so God, I can't really talk. I I I can't really articulate what you really want me to do. All right, I give you your mouth. I'll be with you. Now you say. Now you really see all the excuses get ripped, ripped away. Now you really can see his heart is showing. God, I really and truly, I just don't want to do this. Yeah. Send someone else. Now we see it's the first time God get angry with him. Mm-hmm. Cause God saying now, now you're really, you're really showing what really on your heart. Now mm-hmm. it wasn't you, you, you know who I was. You know I was going to be with you, but now you really just saying you don't want to do this. Yeah, and that's the thing. It don't matter if you want to do it or not. If God asks you to do it, bro, you you have to obey God. Like ask Jonah. Ask Jonah, bro. <laughs> what you don't want to? Like that's not important here. You understand? There's a lot of stuff people don't want to die. You think you think you think a lot of people just want to die? Like you understand what they're saying? Like but they they appreciate and they honor dying for God. You understand? Who want to go through pain? You understand what I'm saying? Like, but Jesus wanted to save our sins. He wanted to save humanity. But you can see when he was on the cross, he was like, why are you forsaking me? This was pain. This is real pain he had to go through. Nobody wants to feel that. You understand? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have a mission and it's, it's your responsibility to do it. And that's why God get mad. He like, bro, at the end of the day, God always know he didn't want to do it. But you see what you're telling me now, bro? I given you, I tell, I literally already see everything what happened. And I tell you, Exactly what's gonna happen. Pharaoh could push back, but at the same time, I can keep doing. I can do what I gotta do, and everything will work out. I just need a body, bro. That's mm-hmm. all I need, and I don't even need a body. I just want this to happen. I just want you to be this. And Moses, you know, like, like even in high school, I just happened. This used to happen to me a lot. Somebody would say, "Kazi, can I do this? Or can I borrow this or something?" And I'd be like, "Oh no, man, I need." Let's say they want borrow my borrow, borrow my calculator. Oh, and and I really don't want to do it, but I just say no, mom. But I can need my calculator f- for class at, at two p.m. And they say, oh no, I can get you back before calculator and before two p.m. And you say, oh, but no, mom, I gotta go over my homework X Y Z. Oh, we can do it now. Like, and they give you every reason. And then sooner or later, either you have to just conform, give, give it to them, give or you're be like, bro, you're not using my. Yeah, calculator. I just don't want you to do it. Let's just cut to the chase. And I feel like that was Moses playing with God, but Moses didn't understand. What God was, was dealing really with. He, yeah, he didn't understand who he's up against, bro. Like, literally, God was making things for him, bro. Like, so, suppose they don't believe me. All right, I can do anything. I can turn this stuff into a snake. Into a snake. You get scared. So, you don't think they can get scared? Leprosy. You can't fake leprosy. You understand what I'm saying? This water into blood. And God even give you a third sign that you can't even do now, but you just know, bro, I've already done these two things. This third thing will happen. Exactly. And then he was just like, all right, well, you prove that, then, uh, well, uh, I can't speak. Oh, uh, God. You understand? And God was like, bro, I can fix that. I can fix that, bro. Like, if, like, just think about this, right? Let's say you're on a basketball team, right? And, so, and, and someone say, bro, I can't. And, and, and you're a coach. Mm-hmm. And the guy say, bro, I can't hit my free throws. And you say, I can teach you how to, how to fix that. You don't think that person would be excited to say, all right, yes, let me improve myself. You see what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, if you don't want to hoop, if you sincerely don't want to ball, then ain't nothing, you can't fix that for real. Like, you, know, you see this, ain't nothing I can do for you. And this is where God getting upset because God's saying, bro, I'm putting this on a silver platter for you, bro. I, put in, I, already, I already prepare you for this, for this moment. But you can't see it. You understand? And then, not for nothing, bro, how you can tell God, please, please send someone else. And think about it like, God already chose you. Mm-hmm. 
we already hinted this before in the last episode, but God already chose you out of all the Israelites for this purpose. Now, because your dreams died, essentially, you lost hope on what you were originally called to do because it didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen. Hmm. Now, when God comes back to you and say, hey, guess what? I still have that plan. It's still active. We're going to do it my way now. You're like, no, God, I don't want to do it your way now. Mm-mm. I mean, that's essentially what Moses was saying in essence. God, yeah, I'm comfortable being a shepherd. I'm, I'm comfortable here in Midian now. 40 years, man. You, ready? You, you, you said I was going to do that. It didn't happen. So why now? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm comfortable where I'm at. Like, I don't want to go back to Egypt. Yeah, I don't want to. But see, and that's the thing. Like, I don't look at it as him saying, I don't want to. Like, no, I don't like, like, like giving God attitude. You know what I mean? But it's like, bro, I'm not comfortable doing this. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't wish to do something that I'm not comfortable. At. I don't wish to do things. Personally, this is Nikah's talking now. I don't wish to do things I'm not good at. My fiance been trying to get me to bowl for years. For years. I'm like, no, I'm not bowling. I'm not doing it. The last time I bowl, I scored like 40, bro. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, I can't control whether it goes in the gutter or not. Like, I can't do that. But then I, I bowl with people and I think it'll be all having fun. Then I realize they're getting tense straight across the board. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Like, and I feel like Moses just was just very uncomfortable by this. Like, mm-hmm. this is so hard. I don't think I'll be able to do this, bro. I can't do this. Like, I feel like it was like, I can't. That's why he's saying, please send someone else. Mm-hmm. But you ain't understanding who you're talking to. You're talking to I am. You understand? Mm. You're talking to I am, bro. I am able to make you do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. I am able to intervene where you are weak. I am strong where you are weak. You understand what I'm saying? And that's a lesson. We know Moses learned that lesson, but this was the beginning. And he obviously did not know this lesson, you know? And now we see, even in his anger, God still didn't even take it on him. God said, you know what? What about your brother Aaron, the, the Levite? I know he can speak well, so you don't got no excuses there. <laughs> Guess what? And this, is why, this is why I love God so much. <laughs> Guess what? He already on the way here to meet you. Yep. you he's already on the way here to meet you and he'll be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help the both of you speak mm. and will teach you what to do. You will speak to the people for you. He will speak. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and if you were God to him. Mm-hmm. But... Take the staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. Hmm. And God's still saying, guess what? Now, okay, Moses, I'm done playing games. I ain't slapping up at you no more. You're going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to send your brother. You don't want to talk, he'll, he'll talk to he'll you. He'll talk. You still going to be that performance. And the scene, you notice the scene no negotiation no more, right? No. This was the conclusion. <laughs> because now it's like, you already showed me what in your heart now. Yeah. So now like we, 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 are, we are addressing the issue at, at heart, mm-hmm. literally. This is your issue at heart? Don't worry about that. I'm, I'm done with this. You, you're doing this. You having problems with speaking? I will strengthen the both of you to speak. But guess what? Aaron still will do all the talking since you don't want to talk. Mm-hmm. All your excuses are now removed. You already know what to say. You already know what to do. You already, I already gave you the game plan. It's just up to you to execute. And you're, just, you're, you're about to execute this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> Definitely. Uh... And yeah, bro. Um, so we, yeah, so we, we, yeah, so we just finished for a 17, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like, from a human perspective, this a big, this a big task ahead of you. You understand? So I ain't just look at Moses and be like, "Oh, you out of pocket, you brazen." You understand? Because it's plenty of things God has asked me to do, but I don't do. You understand what I saying? Like, but it ain't easy to say you can go and stand up uh, for every for get to go against the grain. That's just how I personally feel, bro. Moving to the U.S. helped me to understand how painful it is to be unique. 
Mm. A lot of people say, oh, bro, a lot of people pride themselves, bro. I march to the beat of my own drum, bro. I'm one of one. I'm a leader, not a follower. But sometimes, bro, you a leader, but you're still a part of an exclusive group. So you feel good about that. But when you're the only person doing something like that, that don't feel good. That does not feel good. It does not feel good to be the only person, you know, like if you're in a class full of just people who speak with a specific accent and you're the only person who speak differently, that don't feel good. You understand? That's too much attention. Sometimes people make fun of that. Some people just don't understand that. <laughs> like, and it's even like when you when you're the only black person surrounded by white people or vice versa, something like it just don't feel good to be the oddball. You understand what I'm saying? So I I sympathize with Moses. From a human perspective, I sympathize with Moses. Like, and I just think about he remember, <clears throat> I have I do not know this story good. And I am just Given an analogy at this point, <laughs> but there was a man who was given the inspiration before Ellen White received the inspiration. I believe he was a Baptist pastor, a black man. I have not read this for myself, and I'm, I'm making this very clear. I was told the story, but he did not go forward with the message. You understand? Sooner or later, Ellen White received the message, and she went forward with the message. And that man, I think about him a lot because... I think about how much of an oddball you would have seemed like if you hear preaching that the seven days is the Sabbath. That this, and you're just going against all of the religious teachings right now. You understand? But God gave you this message. And I just feel like at the same time, like you got to realize that we have to be in this world and not of the world. So everything that makes you comfortable, for the most part, will probably be some type of worldly thing because that's the status quo. That's the norm. You understand? And the pure message of God, you are going to be in the minority. You can be a theologian. And among the rest of your theologians, they might want to preach a, a brand of the gospel that is not, that, that, is, that is very common and very palatable. But at the same time, there are certain messages that some people, even theologians, stray away from. People are not going to receive this. If I tell you this, if I speak out against this specific thing, how am I going to be looked at? You understand what I'm saying? And even, even if you look at... um. If you look at um Herod, Herod um, uh, if you look at like Herod, he had John the Baptist in in captivity. He didn't want to kill John the Baptist because he was afraid of how the people would have looked at him if he had done. He was afraid of the people, even Pilate. Pilate didn't want to just come out and say Jesus was the Messiah or just man is not guilty because he was afraid of the backlash of the people. So he chose to be neutral. A lot of times, a lot of a lot of times, people don't want to just say, "Let me stand up for God." We can see where even Moses. Did, want, did not want to say, I am standing up and being passionate for God. On the other hand, we see a person like Noah, who he ain't, no, he ain't never stop and try questioning God. And stuff. Moses, Noah just rise to the occasion. You understand? And here, we see Moses rose to the occasion, but it took some work. Mm -hmm. And the breath of fresh air, what we like to do, we like to make, put, you like to put the humanity into all of these people. I look at Moses, somebody who lacked faith right here. To the point where God got mad at him. To the person who led the Israelites for like 80 years in the wilderness. This was a man who, who spoke to God in person multiple times. You understand? And here we see how he, come from be, how he came from being a murderer to now being, call, being called to lead the Israelites. And now as a humble man. So just a little word of motivation once again. Like it ain't, it ain't us bro. Like. God don't qualify, he don't call the qualified, he qualifies those who are called. And so that's just, it's like it's time for all of us to think about what, what is God calling us to do. We think about our calling in life, people use that term a lot, like what's your calling? A lot of times people feel like 
Their calling is the thing that they are most good at. But what is God calling you to do? And will you answer that call? On this episode, we see Moses visited by an unexpected guest. But what a pleasant surprise it was. But he did not come in vain. He came to instruct Moses on his new assignment to return to Egypt and to tell Pharaoh to emancipate the Israelites. Pretty simple, right? Let's just say that conversation with Pharaoh doesn't go as smoothly as planned. But we'll talk about Moses' return, Pharaoh's contempt, and the Israelite slaves on the next episode of A Breath of of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nikaz Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B-O-F-A-P-O-D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next week.